Welcome in everybody. Texans All Access coming at you. John Harris here. Mark Vandermeer there in the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. Mark, good evening. How are you, sir? Good evening, Johnny. I'm looking forward very much to the soccer match tonight with Manchester United. I know we talked about it last night, whoa, but whoa, I'm really whoa. fired up. Manchester City, of course. Oh, I'm sorry. Jeez. I, you know what? It's funny because I heard somebody else say that. I'm like, you idiot and then i just do it <laughs> whoops and club That's america club, yeah Copa the lone star taking place at 7 30 so in about an hour and 28 minutes roughly they will kick it off at nrg stadium and cannot wait to see my guys in blue taking on club america which is going to be very very fun and speaking of mexico a little later in the show drew Doherty's is going to join us to talk about his outreach trip that he took to mexico we talked about that on uh, Friday's show a little bit. We went a little bit further in depth and we talked about playing internationally and a dream that I had about us playing in a country would be very interesting if we ever played in that particular country, but we'll Ooh. save that for a little bit later. Mark, I want to start with this and I want to go to something that you almost got in a fight on Twitter about. <laughs> I was just got, I just got this email from Front office sports. Now, I don't know why I get this, but it just happened to pop into my box about two hours ago. And it says the Tennessee Titans could be worth more than $3 billion when the team finalizes a deal for a new domed stadium in Nashville slated to open for the 2026 NFL season. The Titans currently are valued at $2.6 billion. And they obviously would benefit from a new stadium. They are the 28th most, most valuable franchise of 32 in the league. But a new stadium would make the Titans one of the 20 most valuable NFL teams at $3 billion. The Titans plan to build a 1.7 million square foot stadium to cost between $1.9 billion and $2.2 billion. Mm. Stadium could host major events, including the Super Bowl. Now, I, as a sideline reporter, would love a dome stadium in Nashville. But when I saw this, I don't, I can't say that I have heard anything about a new stadium in Nashville. But to build a $2.2 billion stadium in Nashville, Mark, that thing could be outstanding, which obviously would raise the value of the franchise. But what's your gut reaction to the Titans with a potential dome stadium for 2026? Well, I believe they'd build it right along the river, correct? Right near the other one. I think one. so, yeah. Yeah. I think that's where the land is, Johnny, and it makes a lot of sense for Nashville. I didn't read about this, but I don't even have to look. This means Final Four potential. Yes. This means college national championship potential. All the stuff we get here, Super yeah. Bowl potential. And I think it's very important for the city of Nashville, just like Indianapolis has it. Nashville should have it for them. I am with you. Well, I'm not really with you because I don't have that much sympathy with you on the sideline. <laughs> I do on occasion, but man, you that was don't. a fun win in the rain this year in Nashville. I kind of like that. I like the weather a little bit in Nashville, a little bit of a factor. Look, it's not like we're going up there and it's Minnesota without a dome right. or Green Bay. You never want a dome in Green Bay, no. but I think in Nashville, do you need it for football? You probably don't need it for football. However, you know they play on natural grass there, and they play a lot of other stuff there, especially as the year gets late. Isn't it Tennessee State that plays there? Yes. And they do some high school stuff there as well. Yes. It's kind of weird that they actually survive doing that in that city. But for their case, for their sake, 
I do believe it's a good idea. So if they can get it done, great. And by the way, I can tell you this. What do they say? Three point. It's in the low threes of billions in yeah. value. I don't believe that for a moment because when Stephen Bomber, this is the deal. When he bought the Clippers, that's his yep. name, right? When he yep. bought the Clippers and they went for two. At that time, I don't think anybody on the Forbes list in the NBA was worth close to two. Maybe the Lakers were, possibly the Celtics, but not the Clippers. Not the Clippers. But they went for two. I believe if you put the Titans up for sale today and you knew the stadium was coming, they'd go for more than that amount. You know, I I just think these teams are worth so much more than we even think as they hit the market. Watch the values explode. The Denver Broncos just sold in June. To Walmart heir Rob Walton for four point six five billion. I mean, it's you put in a you put in a dome stadium in that city, and that city's beautiful. And I, I'm with you. Look, I I joke about the sidelines. It can rain, hail, snow. It doesn't matter. I love being down there, regardless. And since fourteen, I've been on the sidelines, and I've seen every level of weather in Nashville. I mean, it's been gray, cloudy, no rain. It's been horrible rain. It's been brilliantly sunny. It's been cold. It's been a little bit warm. I mean, it's been all over the place. And I kind of like that because you never really know. But if you end up putting a dome stadium there, that's three in AFC South that are domed. I'm not going to hate it. I mean, that's, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's a lot of games taking place inside where I'm not going to get rained on. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm not going to hate it. Now, one thing I don't think I've ever seen, Now I can't say this about me because I'm sure I've been in a Twitter dust up or two, but a young man by the name of Joey Knight, who works for the Tampa Bay Times, he tweeted out, and I don't know exactly how you ended up with this, how it ended <laughs> up on your timeline, but he tweeted out, and, and this is true. Today, there really is not a lot going on. It's the day after the All-Star game in baseball, so there's no baseball. Obviously, we're lucky here in Houston because we got Copa de Lone Star, so we got a huge sporting event tonight. But there's no MLB, there's no NFL, there's no NHL, there's no NBA, there's no NCAA action today. So some people call it the worst day in sports. And so Joey decided to rank the top 10 sports days. And you, my friend, had a massive, massive issue with what he came up with. And I absolutely a thousand percent agree with you. I agree with you. Now, yeah. here's, here's what he came up with as his top 10 from 10 on down. Number 10, so- Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. It's a race weekend, basically. F1, Indy 500. Nine Masters final round. Hard to disagree. Opening day, Major League Baseball. I still say opening day has got some romanticism to it. I'm okay. Seven, Kentucky Derby Day. I am not Derby guy. I couldn't care less about the Derby. Watch the two-minute race. I'm done. Number six is Super Bowl Sunday. I'm going to get that in a second. Five, New Year's Day. It's lost its luster. Four, Thanksgiving Day. It's pretty cool, but the colleges have kind of moved off of there, so you really get three NFL games. It's okay, but you get the same teams. Three, first Thursday of March Madness. I don't disagree with that. Number two, Saturday, Thanksgiving weekend. It's at number two, but I kind of think it's a little bit underrated. Number one, first full Saturday of college football. Now, I'm going to let you vent in just a second. (laughs) <laughs> but number one, the first full Saturday of college football, and you know how much I love college football. Cut my yeah. teeth on college football. Got in this business because of college football. 
a thousand times out of a thousand, I will tell you the first Saturday of college football is all about just the fact there's college football on. That's it. Yeah. There's not, I mean, it's the FCS game. I mean, AM's playing Sam Houston. And I love both those schools, but that's that's what usually week one is. Mm-hmm. This week one in college football 2022, it's got some decent games. I think a sneaky hot game, Houston at UTSA. You got Georgia at Oregon. I'm, uh, Oregon at Georgia. You've got Florida State taking on LSU. You've nice. got uh, what was the other one I saw? Dagnum, it's a night game. I uh, can't remember. But the point is, week one is kind of lousy. It's just their games on. And that's fun. And Coswell Saturday is awesome. There is no way you can tell me that it ends up being number one when it's the first game of the year. It's sloppy in a lot of cases. You don't see, you know, if Alabama's playing, you know, who knows what. Or I mean, it's a bad example because Alabama does play, you know, a, a decent team. But, you know, Kansas State plays Delta State. Are you going to see Deuce Vaughn for four quarters? No, you're not going to see that. So I, I took issue, but your issue was a little bit more, I mean, right on point. And that is every NFL weekend, the ratings bear it out. It is the most watched weekend of anything, of anything right. at all, of any right. of these events. It tops anything. I uh, look. When I saw this list, first of all, the only NFL action I believe he had was the Super Bowl Sunday Super Bowl. Yep. entry, right? Yes. Not even AFC NFC Championship game Sunday. Because NFL fans know this and football fans know this. Super Bowl Sunday, if you're ranking the 10 best sports days of the year, I think for most people, Super Bowl Sunday isn't even among the 10 best NFL days of the year. Agreed. And I'll. Yeah, I, I think playoff Saturday and Sunday and the divisional round are really nice. But I think every NFL Sunday in the regular season, you could go one through 10 as far as the 10 best sports days on anybody's calendar. Yeah. And that's there. Now, some people don't like the NFL in certain parts of the country as much as, say, college football. Right. But the number one most popular sport in this country is NFL football. The number two most popular sport is college football and everything else. My point was everything else on his list was like a flower in the desert. Every NFL Sunday is this bountiful oasis in the desert of life, right? Yeah. NFL Sunday is packed and it's all about the football. When you have Thanksgiving, you have a triple header, right? But those games might stink or one or two of them might stink. Maybe you get one good one. Maybe you get three good ones. I don't know. But it's only one game at a time. NFL Sunday, it's a cornucopia. It's all there. Your team plays. The rest of the league plays. Even when your team's not playing, which is when I can enjoy the rest of the teams, right? And I watch Red Zone and stuff like that. That's super cool as well. It's not as good as when the Texans play, but it's really cool. I'm still totally into it. So I think that the TV ratings bear it out. There's no doubt about this in my mind. Plus, he put New Year's Day, Johnny. New Year's Day maybe 30 years ago. Yeah. But we all know that the college playoff, BCS in general, then the college playoff, has ruined New Year's Day. They've destroyed New Year's Day as the day in college football. It's gone. It's over. It's a thing of the past. It's too bad. And to that end, New Year's Day, what happens to those New Year's Day bowl games when a Sunday is January 1st? They, move. they get they get moved, not the NFL games. Mm-hmm. They get moved. Well, they're and, smart. It, exactly. So they move to the next day, which mm-hmm. I believe is the case this year. They'll move to move to January 2nd. New Year's Day now doesn't need to be on the list. Now, I will absolutely a thousand percent agree. 
Thursday, NCAA basketball tournament. It was yes. awesome. It's that's an awesome day. You live for that day and you, you love it. If you like baseball, you get some spring training in. Then you watch those games all day. I mean, it's that's a, I think that's a really cool day. No doubt. Number three, I you can maybe if you decided to put all NFL Sundays up on the shelf <laughs> like you can't even compare to them. I would put that number one. But Saturdays. College football, the first Saturday. Look, there are Saturdays in which, okay, you're going to have three conference games. Say October, middle of October. You're going to have three right. key conference games in the SEC. You're going to have a couple big ones in the Pac-12. You're going to have a couple big ones in the Big Ten. And the games run the gamut. That, to me, week six, week seven in college football, that gets way more exciting. Way well, more exciting. Here's another that. thing. If you're going to go non-NFL Sunday, when you have what you just described, like a huge college football afternoon, maybe a couple of games in the afternoon, and then your baseball team, like the Astros, for instance, they're in a playoff game at night, ALCS, right. or if you're an NLCS fan, that's cool too, because then you get two different sports. So when you're talking best sports days of the year, not NFL, because I do believe the NFL is going to win out every time in this. When you go not, it's kind of like, Who's the MVP in the Jordan years? Jordan and then everybody else, right? <laughs> yeah. So let's just go everybody else. The days where you have more than one event happening, I think are pretty cool. In the spring, could you get an NBA playoff game or two and an NHL and maybe your Major League Baseball team is playing a big game, at least an early season version of a big game? That is a cool sports day. He had the Masters Sunday at the Masters as one of the big days. Listen, I love golf. Like, I'm the guy who watched the Scottish Open final round instead of <laughs> breakfast at Wimbledon because yeah. I wanted to see if Spieth could do something. I was watching it live. I admit it because I'm into golf that much. I would never put Masters Sunday ahead of anything football-wise or even game seven of the NBA finals. Now, if two teams are playing that I don't really care. I, I hate both of them. I might go for the masters over that, especially if tiger was playing, but that could be debated at another time. I thought his list was way off Kentucky Derby. Who cares anymore? They ruined horse race racing. Johnny, the yep. Derby winner did not race in the Preakness two weeks later. You ruined your sport. And if that's the problem, well, look, two weeks is too short a time. Then you need to change the triple crown. You need to move the Preakness. Well, wait a minute. Tradition. You already ruined it. You already said tradition is over because the winner of the Derby couldn't race and he was healthy enough to. So you ruined it. Yeah. I, no, you know, I don't like people who have these arguments. Like it's a similar one to what I was just talking about is people who say that the NBA schedule shouldn't be shortened. I'm like, well, why, why shouldn't it be shortened? It's too long. Well, why do you say it's too long, Mark? Because players are sitting out games for load management. That's your admission that the schedule is too long. Well, yeah, but no, there's no but. It's too long. If they're sitting out games, it's too long. You should be playing in every game possible. Yes, no doubt. I'm curious to see another. This football season will be very interesting because typically about this time every four years, is an event the world loves, the World Cup. Everybody yeah. loves the World Cup. Yeah. But because in Qatar, they they moved it because of the temperatures. Ooh. And it. I mean, it's apparently in the summer, it's just uh, too hot. I don't know. But they moved it into November, December. Now, right. they're going to be butting up against NFL football. But I'll tell you this. 
Texans play a game at noon and I don't know, um, Belgium is playing England at eight o'clock that night. I'm going to have two screens going watching the Sunday night game and watching that world cup match. Sure. That will be something to live for. That'll be, that'll be a sports day when you can yeah. combine something like the Olympics with, you know, NBA or Olympics with NFL or, you know, NFL with the world. This will be the first time I, that I could think of that the world cup has ever crossed over into the fall where it is going to have to butt up against football. But that said, I think it's going to be pretty fun. I think it's going to be awesome to have that at the same time. Not that football doesn't take up all the time, but it's like, you know what? World cup, man, I can't, and I can't wait for it to be here in 2026. That's going to be fantastic, but that's going to be interesting in the fall, late, late in the fall um, when world cup butts up against NFL. Well, it'll be good from a viewer standpoint on occasion. It'll be especially good if, you could get Team USA playing on a Tuesday night. No, that's That'd be awesome. Bad. All yeah. right, Tuesday and Wednesday, you guys have at it. But Thursday, Sunday, Monday, keep those days free for me and maybe the occasional Friday, Saturday for big-time college football. I think, Johnny, what stinks about that, and I'm sure the soccer people have talked about this ad nausea, but we don't really do that here. You have the World Cup in the fall in Qatar. Is it Qatar or Qatar? I don't know. I don't whatever. Know. Welcome back. I've Qatar. heard eight different versions. Yeah. So whatever it is, to do it in the fall stinks on many levels. You have all the teams that have players that play in the Premier League and all these other leagues that play in the fall, right? I mean, fall yep. is a pretty good time for soccer. I know it's yep. not the peak time necessarily as their seasons come to a crescendo in the spring because the seasons go on forever. We all know right. that. But, man, it kind of stinks that they have to take that long a break from their teams. And I kind of – I love the World Cup being where it was, June, July. This is the perfect off-season thing. I enjoyed it like that. And not that the U.S. has ever set the world on fire in the World Cup, but, you know, at times they've done okay, and it's been fun to watch. It'll be fun. When, no matter when it's on, you're going to check it out. You're going to see it. But I have a hard time believing, unless the U.S. goes deep, that I will not watch an NFL game. Obviously, I'll always watch the Texans be there for the Texans, but not watch an NFL game of note to watch a World Cup game unless it's like U.S. goes relatively deep here. Yeah, I don't know. When Cowboys play the Colts, I'm not too sure I want to watch that game. Speaking of, did you see what you root for in that game, by the way? Cowboys, Colts, they're playing Um, this year. Yeah, I have my team. Go Dallas in that game. That day. In that game, yeah. Go, go Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, go, go Dallas. Dallas. You know, yep. it's interesting when I mentioned Colts and Cowboys. I've, I've been finishing. I've got one more episode left of the uh, Andrew Luck podcast on The Athletic. Oh, yeah. And I always see those two. Whenever I hear the Colts, I think of Dallas because we were in Dallas for our week three preseason game. Right. When, when Andrew Luck decided to retire. And th- it just listening – to all the parties involved, not named Andrew Luck, talking mm-hmm. about his decision to retire. It it was so interesting because it almost was he woke up one day and went, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going yeah. through this anymore. I'm done. It was almost as if he had that epiphany. He just woke up and just said, I'm not doing this anymore. Even though he had thought about, look, if I have to go through surgery or rehab or whatever again, he said that I decided to walk away. But he was gung ho about 2019. He thought they had the team. I thought they had the team coming at 2019. I was really worried about them. It was only about a week 
five to seven days before the actual retirement happened that he was like, you know what? I'm done. I just had enough. And it was a calf problem. They couldn't figure out. They couldn't figure out what to do with it. They couldn't figure out what the issue was. And he just all of a sudden just gone. It was one of, you know, we talk about the 10 great sports days. That was such a bad sports night because of how badly we played. We lost Lamar Miller that night. And then that happens. And I don't know, Mark, that I've ever been in a game and been completely just shaken to the core outside of Hurricane Harvey night when we were in New Orleans. I don't know that I've been just kind of shaken to the core of what just happened. This guy's, this guy's incredible. Why he's walking away. Like I was, I just was stunned. And I remember looking on the sideline at one point and there were about 10 to 12 defensive linemen all huddled around JJ Watts phone, looking at the news, all looking at each other. Like, and I remember Brandon Dunn to look on Brandon Dunn's face was like, what, what just happened? I mean, it was just so shocking for that to happen when it did, it, it just out of the blue, so weird third preseason game, and he's just done. He's done. I I'm loved still, it, I'm still years later trying to come to grips with it. I absolutely loved it. Look, I, you know, it, it's too bad that Andrew Luck, for his sake, had to retire, that he had to work on his body so much that he had to do all the rehab, and that all led to it for his sake. And he's a Houstonian. I make light of it. And I felt kind of guilty, Johnny, because, you know, I always said that I thought Andrew Luck should retire for safety reasons <laughs> or at least take a few years off. Yeah. And then when he did it, I thought, has he been listening to the show? You manifested that to happen. You manifested yeah, I spoke that it into to being. happen. Yes. Well, the weird thing is Andrew Luck retires. Okay, good. We have J- Jacoby Brissett because it's too late for them to make a meaningful move at quarterback. And then you split with Jacoby Brissett. Anyway, they're actually doing pretty well with Jacoby Brissett till the Texans beat him in the Thursday night prime timer that year. So it, Look, they've always had success against the Texans, no matter who's playing quarterback. That's why I never overlook the Colts under any circumstances, no matter what the situation is. But that night, yeah, that was a weird one. And um, I was actually thrilled for the Texans that they didn't have to deal with franchise quarterback. Because I always look, I'm bitter and resentful in a healthy sports way about the Colts. The fact that they have one bad year in 2011 and they end up with Andrew Luck after having Peyton Manning for all those years. That really upset me a lot that they lucked into luck or they did whatever they did to get luck and they still beat the Texans in the one bad year of two and 14, 2011. So yeah, don't get me started, John. You know, I was in a pretty good mood here headed over to Manchester city and you brought up the Colts and I'm just feeling it right now. I mean, it was 20 years of Peyton Manning and Andrew luck. So in all honesty, they could cry me a river. I'm sorry that they have quarterback issues. You had 20 years of two of arguably the best quarterbacks that the league's seen. So, yeah, I'm not crying for you. Um, And we'll see what 2022 brings with Matt Ryan taking over as the Indianapolis Colts quarterback. Now, we will not play the Colts in Mexico, but Drew Doherty went to Mexico on an outreach trip with Garrett Wallow and Ross Blacklock. We'll talk about that next right here in Texas All Access. All Access. All Access. All Access. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a Wednesday edition of Texas All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris, your host. Glad to be with you. And it's time to go to Mexico. That's right. Drew Doherty had a chance to go to Mexico. Garrett Wallow with Ross Blacklock over the last week. And what an outreach trip it was. It was just fantastic to talk with Drew about that. And we hit that on In the Lab. And here you go. I went to Mexico. Why'd I go to Mexico? 
Well, I went with the Texans, John. <laughs> it was pretty fun. You should go to Mexico with the Texans. You've done it once before. You liked it then, right? You know, it's interesting. We went in 2016 to take on the Raiders on a Monday night football game. And Drew, I'll be brutally, brutally honest. I did not. I was not looking forward to it at all. Prior to the game, remember it being scheduled. Like, hey, you're going to Mexico City. And, I, and really, I just was like, all right, you know, whatever. I'm going to Mexico City. Cool. But just didn't really have a lot of excitement about it. And we went for the trip and went down there. The closer it got, the more I was like, all right, you know, it's, okay, we'll see. And then we got down there and it was just awesome. And there were some things logistically at the stadium that were really, really tough once we got there. But just being there and the excitement. And then, of course, playing that Monday night game and the Monday night atmosphere, but in Mexico City, it was just really neat. And we got down there. I want to say we got down there. Is it Saturday? Yeah, we got down there. No, we got down there Sunday. Sorry. And I just enjoyed myself. I just had a really good time. We, you know, I ran around, um, literally ran, you know, to get some exercise around the hotel and checked it out. It was just really, really cool. And I just was like, man, I don't know why I was so fearful. And the game was fun. I know obviously Texas didn't win, but there was a lot that went on that night. And it was just a fun, fun time. Now, the, the travel's hard, and we had to wait like two hours after the game to get on the, to get off, you know, get away from the stadium. Yeah. You know, like get home. So we didn't get home until like 6 30 in the morning. But just the overall environment in Mexico was incredible. And I just felt really, really lucky that night that, man, I get to experience this. This is really, really cool. So when I heard you were going back to Mexico, I was really curious as to we're not playing a game there. But I know that we've been looking to establish a little bit more of the Texans in Mexico. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I took out of our conversation, both on air and off the air last week, talking a little bit about this, was just a passion for football. Not, not football, soccer, but American football yeah. in Mexico City. That was really, really cool to me, Drew. And I guess my, my first question would be, how surprising was that to see such a focus put on what is really, truly America's game? Because it's not played in a lot of other places. It's American football. How interesting was that for you to see that? It's definitely on the surface pretty surprising. But then the more you think about it, you realize, well, it's a damn big country. It borders the United States. Yeah. Uh, so it, it kind of makes all the sense in the world that there is a presence. There is a popularity for American football. I don't know how how much of the pie, if, it, if you were to divide the sporting pie, American football takes. But, I mean, we were there and we visited in Monterey. We visited with Tigres, yeah. their soccer club. It's, a, it's one of the main soccer clubs in the country. And then right in the same complex next door, there was a, an American football stadium. And that's where the college team there in Monterey plays. And that college team was putting on a clinic for kids yeah. And all these kids, there's 200, 300 of them. They all had, we are Texans t-shirts on. And I mean, it was, it was really cool to see all these little kids in another country wearing Texans gear, excited about the game, doing drills, you know, high kneeing and, and you know, doing change of direction stuff, throwing the ball into yeah. nets. It was cool. And then American cheerleaders were doing stuff with our, uh, the two Houston Texans cheerleaders, Rose and Jessica, who went on the trip. It was just really, it is surprising, but then the more you think about it, it makes sense. And I related this little tale 
to you and Mark on the air the other night, but I'll say it again. As I was watching Ross Blacklock and Garrett Walla, who went on the trip, as I was watching them sign autographs and take pictures with the two cheerleaders and with Toro, there's a guy that came up to me. He was in his 50s, and he kind of pointed at me, and he said, people in America don't realize we've been playing American football here for at least 100 years. And it's, it makes sense. Based on what I saw, you know, the, the infrastructure there, it was pretty darn impressive. And there's clearly – there's clearly a passion of some sort for American football south of the border. I mean, that part, when you told me that, I was like, man, yeah. I mean, and you're right. Proximity-wise, you would think, yeah, makes sense that American football would bleed down into, into Mexico. But it obviously, you know, for various reasons, it's become America's game for that mm-hmm. particular reason, if you will. But you went to Monterey, you went to Mexico City. If somebody said to you, Drew, what was the actual, what was the reason for you going? Like what, why, why go? Was it to just continue to increase the presence of the Texans in Mexico? What was kind of the, the overarching 30,000 foot goal of going to Mexico? You want to connect with the fans that you have there and kind of expand the ones that expand into the ones that you don't have. There are lots and lots of Texans fans in Monterey. There's even more in Mexico city. Yeah. Namely, our good buddy, Moscow, Armando Seguera. Uh, he's kind of the ringleader of, of the uh, Houston Texans fan club down in Mexico City and does a lot of awesome work. So, you know, it's a chance to connect with them and to see them and to, to put on clinics like we did to do marketing trips and perhaps form partnerships with, man, it's a big, it's a big brand name, Tigres sure football. Is. That's a huge, yeah. huge name. The next day, the Texans visited with Club America, who's playing here on Wednesday night against Manchester City. Um, so it's just a chance to get in front of them. We love, as you know, you've been here a, a long enough. We love it when Mexico comes to play yes. soccer oh. in NRG Stadium. I mean, the yes. stadium quakes when L3 is there, and it, it's a lot of fun. So yep. it's just sort of a natural trip down there. Plus, the Texans are going to play in Mexico City not in 22, but probably in 23 or 24 at the, the very latest. They're going to go back. They're going to go play in Mexico City again very, very soon because of that partnership that we heard about about five, six months ago that the NFL is doing. There's some teams partnering up with um, Germany. There's some teams yep. partnering up with London, with Mexico City. You know, it's the NFL is wanting to expand its footprint and be global. I think one day we're going to see a 24-hour day of, of NFL football. I think you're going to see kickoff in Australia with, you know, games following up in Germany and London and, um, and Mexico city and the United States. I bet you that we're going to see one of those type of situations arise someday. So it's really a question. And I said this with you and Mark, why not? Why would you not go down there and see, see some of those fans? And I ask you that not, not, I mean, I, I I mean, I know the purpose of going Mm -hmm. down there, but just hearing you expand on it, it, it makes a lot of sense. With Garrett and Ross, two players going down there, I don't know if they've ever been to Mexico. I don't know if they've been mm-hmm. where they've been. But I know they haven't ever played a game in Mexico City right. or Mexico at that point. What was their reaction to going down there, Drew? They both said eye-opening. They both used the term, it's eye-opening, because it, and it was. I mean, it was, it was really cool to see the love um, and the adulation that these guys, these folks had, you know, young and old, male, female, for, for the Texans and for American football. You know, they were, uh, they were very, very popular. They're, people were really excited to see them. I mean, this thing that the Texans did with Tigres, it was, uh, 
a goalie, a guy named Noel, yeah. who he's you know he's been a part of the Argentine national team. He's an Argentinian, but he plays professionally for this this club in Mexico, Tigres. Yeah, yeah. And then a young lady who we're going to hear quite a bit about in the years to come, Mia Fischel. She's very young. She's on the Tigres women's side and yep. grant wall of sports illustrated yep. he used to be with sports illustrated now he's out on his own he just did a really cool interview with her recently but she's she's on the, the usa national team women's national team she's going to be a force for them in the years to come but they were talking with garrett and, and uh ross and they were doing these fun drills and they posed for pictures they were excited to see these guys it was you can kind of tell sometimes when you do these it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do this photo op and get through it. <laughs> yeah. Not the case with them. The, yeah. Both sides, both Ross and Garrett and Noel and, and Mia, they were excited to do this. They were having fun. And there was a genuine respect, genuine admiration for the other side's physical uh, skills and attributes. So it was, it was really cool to see. Well, I think what's interesting, you just think about human nature in, in some sense. Like I, I talked about 2016, not wanting to go down to Mexico City. And I just... I just wasn't in it. I just wasn't feeling it. But then you go down there and it was the same with London. At first it was kind of like, nah, you know, London, all right, whatever, you know, but then we went over to London and you saw the excitement of the fans and you saw our fans over there and you got to just see, you know, something completely different. Mm -hmm. And it just made the trip that much more worthwhile and, and eye opening that man, there are, there are fans in a lot of places. Yeah that you may not even think are places. No, you know about London and Mexico City. But I think the fact the NFL, you know, going global, uh, 10, 12 years ago, I'd have been like, no, man, I would never, I would never want a team to be in London. I would never want this, you know, in Mexico City. I would never want this. And now I think about it, and I've, just because I've seen those places and I've experienced it, experienced the passion of it. Heck, yeah. I, I, I don't know that it's logistically right yet, but I do think having a team overseas, whether it's Europe, having a team in Mexico City, somewhere, I think it could absolutely work. And I think the fans' passion could be what ends up driving it. And for players to see that and have kind of that same epiphany in some sense that, that I had six years ago, like, man, wow, that's pretty cool. Other than mm -hmm. the result, obviously, in Green Lasers, it was, <laughs> I mean, really, really cool. And it's probably – the one trip I, I talk a lot about with people and they ask about various trips and if we had won the game, it would have been that much better. I mean, that's what made London so great. Cause we came out of there a 26 yeah. three win. That was cool. But just seeing something completely and totally different that I probably, if I wasn't with the Texans, I probably would have not ever chosen Mexico city as the vacation destination or wanting to go. And I would totally go back. And I was, in some sense envious that you got a chance to go yeah. and make that trip. But I was very happy for you because I know how cool that is for fans to see, like I'm sort of experiencing it myself because my soccer club's here in Houston and yeah. it's, it's, it's weird and it's cool and it's really neat. Like I'm going to get to go to the game on Wednesday and wear my man city, my, my man city sweatshirt. It might be a thousand degrees, but I get to go represent my team Yeah, and they're here. And I can only imagine what that's like for the fans in Mexico City to see the Texans, a team they love, to get to see them up close. That had to be a really, really cool thing. Like you said, eye-opening for everybody. It really was. It was. It was fun seeing the fans. It was fun seeing the coaches down there. There was just like a militia of youth and college coaches that were coming out to see these guys and interact with them and thank them for coming. They were very, very appreciative 
of the Texans coming down there. And while those players and the cheerleaders and Toro were signing autographs, it was cool. It was in a covered, uh, it was almost like a tunnel, mm-hmm. like a real wide tunnel there where they were doing this. Cause it was hot, man. It was just as hot as it was here. Yikes. They didn't have the, the humidity cause you're in kind of a Valley near the surrounded by mountains. Yeah, yeah. So at least it was like a dry heat, but yeah. it was hot nonetheless, but they're covered up and they had it on a loop, man. On a loop over their loudspeakers, they had Houston by a Slim Thug. So they had that going. It, was, it was great to hear. So I, I smiled. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, obviously, anything to uh, represent the uh, Houston flavor. That's uh, that's very very cool. And I'm and if I haven't said it already, I'm so glad we make those trips. Yeah. And and reach out to those particular fans. And I hope that. Not that I would ever not want you to be on one of those trips. No, I think you should go. I think you, I think I you need to go. to go. I think Mark needs to go. I think DP needs to go. I, I really do. I mean, I, I think it's important to keep going back if we can. I, I think know it, it costs be... money. It's either easier to say than do, but right. yeah, I, I think it's vital. And I think you guys yeah. ought to go. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's definitely on my uh, – it's something on my Texans work to-do list that I would like to uh, – accomplish at some point my my texans work bucket list <laughs> uh one of those major ones will be knocked off in the uh by october hopefully we go on the road go to sofi and go to allegiant stadium and that'll knock yeah. off the two that i haven't i haven't seen or been to now i still haven't seen a game in detroit with fans but i've at least been to ford field so that'll that'll knock it off uh with those those two trips this year but uh but yeah i would i would love to go on a trip like that i you know when you go out and I mean, it's easy for us, I think, sometimes when we're in around the city of Houston and we dive into the minute issues and even the, the ma- major issues that go on with this organization with this team and mm-hmm. to step outside of that and to realize, man, there's a huge fan base and they love the Texans and you get wrapped up in that excitement. I think it's really rejuvenate, rejuvenating and yeah. refreshing in some sense. And, and they see issues, too. They know that we were 4-13 and 13 last year. I was going to say, imagine, imagine when we start winning. Yeah, because absolutely. it's going to come back. The yeah. Texans are going to win again someday. And when they yeah. do, it's going to be really fun, even more fun than it already was yep. to go abroad and to see and connect with some of these fans outside of the city. Yeah, there's that, no doubt. And whether it's London or Germany, I had, a, I had a dream the other night that we went to India to play a game. Man, I'm telling you, I don't know exactly what I've been dreaming about lately, but that was an odd one. That's for sure. All right, we get back. We'll go around the NFL and again stop at Madden and ask them, why do you hate Jonathan Taylor? That's next on Texas All Access. We have now reached that point in the program where I, John Harris, your host, football analyst, sideline reporter for Houston Texans from the Hyundai Texans radio studio right here on Texans All Access. Take umbrage again with EA Sports and Madden 23. And I I mean, I hate I hate kind of railing on a video game in some sense, but it's one that is thought to be so well respected. I mean, it really is the only video game that's out there and they seemingly put so much time into getting things right with everything. They did their edge rankings. They didn't have Max Crosby in the top 10. They had their wide receivers. They had Jamar Chase out of the top 10 with an 87. I mean, Amari Cooper on 90. You're going to tell me that Amari Cooper is three percentage points or three points or whatever, three rating points higher than Jamar Chase? Forget that nonsense. And then I bring you 
and I hate to even defend the Colts. Mark and I talked about this in the first segment. Defending the Colts is hard. It's hard. It's very, very hard. But I'm going to try. EA Sports, the Madden game, rated Darius Leonard as the fifth highest rated linebacker. And even worse, they had Jonathan Taylor as the number four running back in the NFL. Now, I could see if you went Derrick Henry over Jonathan Taylor. Okay. Could you make a case that maybe, maybe, maybe Nick Chubb over Jonathan Taylor? Maybe. Can you make a case for the brittle Christian McCaffrey over Jonathan Taylor? No. There is no earthly reason why Jonathan Taylor isn't one or two. I I just, I don't understand. I mean, that one's just obvious, right? Like, what does Jonathan Taylor have to do? Did you not see him last year? I don't get it. Christian McCaffrey hasn't played for two years, and I love him. I love Christian McCaffrey. He hasn't played for two years, and yet he's rated ahead? Uh, I, I know I shouldn't get worked up about Madden. I try not to. And Nick Chubb is fantastic. So could you make a strong case, Cleveland Browns fans, for Nick Chubb? Yeah. Over Jonathan Taylor? No. Jonathan Taylor is that dude. I've seen Chubb up close twice. So I'm in 2021. I've seen Taylor now four times. And as much as I love Chubb, and he could have very easily been a Texan when we'd gone back and done the – I can't even think about it. Taylor's better. Taylor's better. Not by much. But if you went Derrick Henry 1, Jonathan Taylor 2, Nick Chubb 3, and then there's a big gap before the next group, yeah. But Christian McCaffrey, and I love Christian Mack. I love him. I, th- I think he's awesome. I love it. I just not feeling him as the number three running back in the NFL as rated by Madden. They need some help with ratings. Give me a call. I'll give him my number, Madden 23. All right, that's going to do it. A big thanks to Mark, to Drew, to all of you for listening. Chris Santiago back in studio. Y'all are the best. We'll see you tomorrow. Let's go, City! And as always, go Texans.